Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 257, Boldly Claiming God's Promises. God is really working in my heart leading into today's podcast. So I am especially curious as to what God plans to do through episode 257. This has been quite a week for me. I had some time earlier in the week and really like to knock out the podcast kind of early because you never know what the weekend is going to bring. But I knew that I wasn't in the emotional space to be able to give it my all. And I was right. Um, There's no question in my mind that I was right. In this particular week, I've been carrying some very, very, very strong burdens in my heart and in my mind and been fighting some spiritual battles in the early days of the week, moment to moment. Like, no matter what I was doing, I was still, at the same time, including attempting to sleep, I was at the same time claiming the character of God and quoting Scripture back to God boldly calling on him to be who he is and to do what only he can do. And you can probably tell if you've been listening for any time from my voice just how deliberate every word is coming from my mouth at the moment. I'm I'm literally staring up into the corner of this room and I'm reflecting because it has been a week. It's been such a week that I've decided for next Sunday to skip out of my regular going through the Bible series with my class and spend at least one week on spiritual warfare. That's how serious This particular week has been. And I knew the section of scripture that we would be covering today. And I knew that I would have to be fully in in order to match or at least even come close to the emotion expressed by King Solomon in his prayer of dedication of the temple. You can look at either of the two passages, 1 Kings 8, 22 through 53, or 2 Chronicles 6, 12 through 42, and you're going to see King Solomon's prayer of dedication. 
Now let's stop and just think about this. This is the temple that David wanted to build for God. But God said no. He said, your son is going to do it. And David spent a lot of time and effort making sure that he did everything that he could in the process of making sure that Solomon would have everything he needed to build a temple for the Lord their God. And it's been many years, many years in the thinking, many years in the process, many years of Solomon getting people involved, uh, including the craftsmen that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Just this was a magnificent facility. But today is not about the physical building of Solomon's temple, even though it was incredibly grand. This is about the leader of the people politically. I mean, Solomon was the king. He was not the priest. He wasn't a prophet. That's one of the things that just as I keep reading over this, I think that sometimes we can just read over scripture because we know at least the general gist of what's there and forget about the magnificence of the fact that this is the political leader that is leading this prayer of dedication for the temple. And I don't believe that he's doing it for his five minutes of fame because the news cameras are rolling. Now, we know they didn't have news cameras during that day. You know, you don't have to email me about that. But the whole idea is the same, that if you had a political leader in this day and time, in our day and time, that was at the dedication of a religious facility, you would really be questioning why are they there? Because that's just not something we see very often. We have tomorrow, I am recording this podcast in February of 2024 and the Super Bowl is scheduled to be played tomorrow. And in my lifetime, I've never seen a Super Bowl quite like this one. Now, it may be because of the people I follow on social media that I'm seeing such a specific emphasis on the name of Jesus Christ. That could, that could play into it. I know that it could. But even still, I have never, ever, ever seen so many of the key players boldly profess their faith in Christ, including the young, young quarterback of one of the teams and the, his running back. I mean, two that have just been awarded major awards for their contributions this year in the league. 
But at every turn, they're pointing to Christ. And I know that since I go to bed so early, I will not be staying up to watch the Super Bowl. I wish it was on at a time that I could see this one. Because seeing the spotlight on Christ just is such a beautiful thing. And not something we see every day. And this prayer of dedication by Solomon, a political leader, we need to just celebrate what a unique experience that was. We do know that David was a very faith-filled man leading the people of Israel. And at this point, at least, Solomon is following in his dad's footsteps. And so I want to read especially the first bit of this scripture. It's kind of lengthy, and the part that I really want us to focus on is in the very beginning. But the commentary that I'm looking at at the moment talks about this prayer of dedication is divided up into seven sections. And I'm going to read far enough down where we can just kind of comment on some things that I think are interesting. Like, I've never been asked to be a part of a major dedication ceremony. I have been a part, as in been a part of the congregation, when... Either it was the groundbreaking or it was the opening of a facility. I mean, that's that's nice, but I've never been the one that's been in the planning as to what the prayers would be and what the emphasis would be. But I just doubt that anybody would have planned it quite like what comes out of Solomon's mouth. So let's start into this. Start with 1 Kings 8, 22. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the front of the entire community of Israel. He lifted his hands toward heaven and he prayed. So that was the normal way that someone would be leading in the prayer. Um, now, how often it was the king, <laughs> that I do not know. Here we go. O Lord God of Israel... There is no God like you in all of heaven above or on the earth below. You keep your covenant and show unfailing love to all who walk before you in wholehearted devotion. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth and with your own hands you have fulfilled it today. Here are our key verses. And now, O Lord, God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you made to your servant David, my father. For you said to him, if your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow me as you have done, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant David, my father. Verse 27. But will God really live on earth? Why, even the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple I built. Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and my plea, O Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is making to you today. 
May you watch over this temple night and day, this place where you have said, my name will be there. May you always hear the prayers I make toward this place. May you hear the humble and earnest request from me and your people Israel when we pray toward this place. Yes, hear us from heaven where you live and when you hear, forgive. And here's where it starts getting interesting that I would just not, if I were scripting a dedication prayer in this day and time, I wouldn't get into all this. But Solomon does. 31, if someone wrongs another person and is required to take an oath of innocence in front of your altar in the temple, then hear from heaven and judge between your servants, the accuser and the accused. Punish the guilty as they deserve. Acquit the innocent because of their innocence. Next, 33. If your people Israel are defeated by their enemies because they have sinned against you, and if they turn to you and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the, the sin of your people Israel and return them to this land you gave their ancestors. And it goes on and on. Solomon goes on and on about... When your people sin, please, oh please, if they turn back to you, please forgive them. That's the part that I just wouldn't have expected in this day of celebration. I honestly probably wouldn't have even thought to have prayed that. But he goes on for many, many, many more verses. And then at the end it says, May your eyes be open to my request and to the request of your people Israel. May you hear and answer them whenever they cry out to you. For when you brought our ancestors out of Egypt, O sovereign Lord, you told your servant Moses that you would had set Israel apart from all the nations of the earth to be your own special possession. So I, I wanted to read on down just to give you a little glimpse of the forethought of Solomon because... Even though he was young, he had lived long enough to know that he and God's people had a tendency not to always follow the Lord with wholehearted devotion to guard their behavior and faithfully follow him. That's quoting directly from the text. And so he goes ahead and says, Okay, God, when we don't do it right, but we turn back to you, will you please hear our prayers? I just think that's interesting. Uh, you can take it for what it's worth. Go back and read over it and, and see how that strikes you. But I want to go back to 25 and 26 because with the week I've had, this really, this reminded me of why God had held off on me recording this podcast until after I was through the major part of the fire. Because if I had in the, been in the midst of the fire, my brain would have been split, and I would have been talking to you, but I would have been talking to him at the same spot. 25 again, And now, O Lord, God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you made to your servant David, my father, for you said to him, If your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow me as you have done, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant David, my father. He is claiming a promise that God made, in this case, specifically to his father David. Now, we know 
that there are multiple types of promises in God's Word. There are promises that were made to individuals for a specific time. There are promises that were made to all of Israel or all of a group of people such as maybe the disciples. And then there are promises that are more universal. But we know that the New Testament says that all the promises of Scripture are yes in Christ Jesus. So... How often do you meditate on the promises of God? How often do you boldly claim the promises of God? God just reminded me it's been it's been a few years, honestly. When we did the lesson on Caleb, Caleb being he and Joshua were the two spies that went in to look at the promised land. And even though they saw that there were large contingencies of enemies, they both believed the God of Israel would defeat them. And as a result, Caleb was promised a nice allotment of land. And Caleb held on to that promise and he fought for that promise and he He's just one that really showed what it was like to hold on to God's promise and to claim God's promise and to experience the benefits of the promise of God. And this last week, I grabbed hold of multiple promises of God. Not on my behalf, but on the behalf of another. I claim the name of one of God's names. And God laid on my heart part of a scripture that went perfectly with that. And I just kept reminding God of who he is and what he does. And then at other times, I would go and grab other promises. Sometimes ones that we have talked about on this podcast. And I held on to them for dear life. And God did exceedingly abundantly more than I could ask or imagine. That being one of the promises that I held on to. In your life. Which promise of God do you need to boldly claim today? In this particular set of scriptures, Solomon is claiming this promise in front of the entire nation of Israel that was assembled on this day. And sometimes we do need to claim promises of God publicly, it, whether it's for ourselves, but it's in front of a group of accountability or it is, be, it is on behalf of a group. But sometimes, well, oftentimes, at least in my personal experience, I need to claim God's promises, and I need to boldly claim them. But 
not necessarily in front of an assembly or even a group of accountability. It's between God and I. You know those conversations where it's just the Lord knows. And there may not be another soul on earth that even knows about a situation. And you are taking it to the Lord and the Lord alone. So I really want to challenge you this week as you think about how Solomon stood in front of the assembly. He knew what God had promised his father David, and he boldly claimed that in front of the people. And I don't think it was for the people's benefit as much as it was the claiming of the promise. In other words, I don't think he was doing it for show. I think he was doing it to remind himself, and then the people were privileged to be a part of the seeing. Now, O God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant David, my father. Because he knew that the fulfillment of this promise was going to benefit all of Israel. And so I really want you this very moment to get real to get real with the Lord you know and he knows the areas of your life or the areas in the lives of those around you where you need to grab hold of one of God's promises and not let go Take time today. Find God's promises. There are multiple gods throughout Scripture. You can Google it even. Promises of God in the Bible. Like, they're everywhere. Grab hold of them. Hold on to them. No matter what you physically, you see with your physical eyes, Hold on to the fact that there is so much more going on spiritually than you ever have a clue. And trusting that God will bring about what only he can. Does that mean that every time you claim a promise of God that his response is going to be exactly what you want it to be? Absolutely not. When I was praying that God would do exceedingly abundantly all that we could ask or imagine, I was not trying to pigeonhole God. I was just asking God to be God (laughs) and to bring about His will in a situation where I didn't even know how to pray His will. There were parts of it I knew. There were parts of it that were obvious that I knew, directions I knew the Lord wasn't going to take it. But there was a whole lot that I didn't know. But I trusted the one who does. So thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to continue in Solomon and the Temple. I don't know, it'll be part three or four when we meet again next week. And we're going to continue this um, dedication ceremony and the words of Solomon and words for us today. 
because even though this happened a long, long time ago, before the divided kingdom and all the mess that happened, there are still so many lessons for you and for me. Human nature is human nature. And we still struggle to give God our wholehearted devotion, to guard our behavior and faithfully follow Him. So down below, you've got the resources. If you have questions about how do I engage in a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's always been about religion to me. You can either click on the link down there or you can reach out to me at my email address, encouragingothersandlovingjesus at gmail.com. There's information down at the very bottom. You can get to all the episodes. You can scan that QR code. And I just thank you. I thank you for spending some time with me today. And I look so forward to you reaching out to me and telling me about the promise of God that you're claiming and what you see God do. And just remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. <music>